Hello, everybody. Welcome to another weekly episode here at the YYC Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Shiraz Anwar, and my co-host here, Sebastian. Excited and delighted to have two guests on today uh, from the mortgage industry. We have Paul. Please yeah. introduce yourself, full name, and where, where your outfit is. Yeah. I'm uh, Paul Trapto. I work uh, independent uh, broker with uh, Mortgage Connection. We're part of the DLC, Dominion Lending Center uh, franchise part. So it's Mortgage Connection, but with DLC. Amazing. I'm excited to get to know more about you after we do the update. And of course, uh, another very, very special guest. Very excited to have uh, the broker, owner, president of Urban Realty, Sunil Mall here with us today. So thank you very much thank for, for, for coming me. on. So uh, I have, we have a lot of questions for you, not, not necessarily <laughs> about uh, today and what you're doing um, actively currently. It's really, we, like, we love to get to know everyone on a, on a personal basis as well. So we'll ask those questions in a moment. Of course, why everyone tunes in, um, the weekly update. What has been happening? We've watched the landscape change in front of our eyes week in and week out. I remember for months and months, we were seeing the weekly sales, yeah. always around the 800, almost to the 900, like eight to 900 sales in seven days in Calgary. We saw that go down to 700. Then we saw it drop all the way to 591 the other week. So again, real estate is a graph. Real estate is a, you know, a trend like this. So we're in fall, we're in winter. You're gonna expect a little bit of a slowdown, but daily migration is still at an all time high here to the YYC keeping our real estate market here much stronger than other provinces. So people are still migrating here. So let's have a look at uh, what has been happening this week in Calgary. Sebastian, you can congratulate yourself in front of everyone. We were talking last week about your three deals in one. I heard that had a successful smooth possession. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yesterday was the possession for the double end that I had. Um, so that went very smoothly and yeah, congrats. It's, it's always good when the, both the owner and the buyer are very friendly and the, the owner was like, if they want to move things in early, usually I don't say yes, but they, they already met each other, right? Yeah. And, and, and I was like, I, I advised the owner, I was like, usually we don't allow that, but I mean, everybody was so happy at the end of the deal. Um, and it went through very smoothly. Now I just have to sell their property, which is going to sell the 27th. and then So it's conditional till the 27th? It's firm. Yeah, oh, it's firm. The possession. Possession is 27th. Possession, yeah. There's nothing for you. The signing and everything's done then. And shout out to uh, Jay Webb, the wine merchant who oh, we, yeah. we use for our closing gifts. I understand oh, yeah. you. They were happy to see it. Oh, nice they were so happy. Okay. Big so wooden <laughs> crate. They were so happy. <laughs> so, 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 oh, nice. Especially uh, three deals, right? Yeah. The, uh, one of the owners... Uh, one of the, the buyers that just got the house or in the house for the, like the first time when it was theirs and you would expect them to be like oh i'm finally in my new home but she was just staring at this crate of wine she was like okay i'm gonna put the work in on this <laughs> she couldn't wait to kick you out of her new home yeah so yeah jay webb great closing gifts and uh not even closing gifts but just a, a great a place to get your wine and it's an experience in there. They do monthly um, wine tasting events. Come on down anytime. It's it's more than just a establishment that will sell you the product. They really pride themselves on giving you the experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what uh, we talk about, and not surprised by this. Uh, again, as we just mentioned, sales have been dropping because we're going into fall winter. So we were in the five hundreds last week. I believe it was five sixty one last week. For the last seven days. We are at a 470 only sales, right? Yeah. Oh, so wow. 
but I know that listings have gone up. So 2,562. Again, balanced market, we always talk about it. 3,500 to 4,000 active listings is a balanced market. So being at 2,562, again, still no changes there. We are still in a seller's market. So let's see, like we always like to have a look. What were the two highest? Okay, 2.475 and 2 million. Oh, okay, so that apartment did sell. You know, it's, it surprises me sometimes, you know, we're not in Las Vegas and yet <laughs> yeah. Calgary has $8 million apartments out there. Right? And the this, 10 million one in Kensington now. There is a, yeah. that's a new build. Is that that new build right on yeah. the corner of yeah. 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 Where, yeah. the, What's the condo fee on this? That's what we always like to yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Se oh, actually not that bad. Oh, 1743. That's actually yeah. not that bad. Yeah. Because the other ones, they were like three, four thousand. Yeah, yeah. There's some in Eau Claire that are like way, way higher. Yeah, 18. No. What's better come process? with like a white glove butler at the yeah, front, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I'm surprised here, you know, Chinatown, two million. It's, it's, uh, but you know, it's relatively new, 2019. And then uh, of course here in Mount Pleasant, oh, big six bedroom one, not bad. And then we always like to, of course, see the, uh, the lowest two. And we've seen like 150,000 for apartments usually. So we'll see if that trend is still continuing. Wow. Let's have a look at this one. That's a record right there. Only 121,000 you can get into the Calgary real estate market, which is why they this got one, a deal. Yeah, this is why this one was only on the market for four days. Bachelor's and bonus isn't bad, right? Like normally we see Chinatown and those studio suites, 300 yeah. square feet, right? To have or a forest lawn. This is this is bonus. Bonus 471 square feet, only 400 a month condo fee. So this is a good one. But foreclosure, we've talked about that uh, heavily on a few of our episodes. This one was a foreclosure through CIBC. So went went right away, four days over asking, of course. And the second lowest sale was 157 in Bath Trail, another old apartment, 1958. Oh, so yeah, yeah. touching on this, I, I wanted to talk about this. Um, I just recently experienced have like ha helping a first-time homebuyer and I love helping the first-time homebuyers it's exciting for them it's exciting for me I, I pride myself on making sure they're taken care of and walk them through all the necessary steps outline things they may not have been aware of when it comes to home ownership and buying a property so here I was persuading because you you like to buy as new as possible especially if you're investing this is a first-time homebuyer young professional wants an apartment downtown because he works downtown but knows he wants it for four to five years. He's an accountant. He's a numbers yeah. guy, right? He's like, I want to invest with a good number and I want to exit out in the four or five year market and do it again, right? Hopefully with a profit. So you urge them, in my opinion, to as new as possible. But the new ones were, were really small square footage. They had all the amenities. It was in a high rise building. So he had me show him a 1300 square foot in Crescent Heights, 1981 building. And the problem here was post-tension cables. So for those that don't know about post-tension cables, it was a common practice for construction of high-rise buildings in Calgary from 1970 to 1980 and creeping into the early 1980s, such as this one, 1981. So, you know, they, they stretch um, cable to a tension and then they have concrete around them. Now, it's actually stronger, but it requires much more ongoing maintenance which is why the condo fees in these buildings are higher. And not only that, the major concern is that for those that don't know, and my buyer found out, a lot of lenders, and you can talk to us about that, yeah. Paul, yeah. 
they won't even lend on post-tension cable buildings. So that's what happened here. He had his uh, mortgage pre-approval and he did, was uh, told to give a non-waiver and you'll have to go talk to someone else because we will not fund a post-tension post cable building. mortgage. So it's very few and far between those buildings. However, it, it is a issue, it is a hurdle, even if they have the engineer's report, which they did. Of course, the selling agent was really trying to do her job and say like, come on, like the maintenance is great. Um, the price per square foot for the condo fee isn't that high. And this building has been well kept. I said, hey, he loves it. If he, that's what he wants, I'm happy. However, the main point here is if the lender is not yeah. going to finance him, finance. he's concerned about, because like I said, he's a numbers guy. He's an accountant. He wants to exit out later. Yeah. He's worried about resale. Yeah. And um, I'm not, I wouldn't yeah. do my job correctly if I said that isn't a potential hurdle and delay of sale. Maybe you'd have to price it lower, wait longer to sell because of that. So it's fine. We found him a new building right in downtown. So he's happy. But I wanted to just touch on that, that for those that aren't aware, from 1970 to 1980, there are those buildings, older ones that have post-tension cables. Yeah. Um, I had a meeting at uh, my brokerage today with a gentleman here. <laughs> so there is something I wanted to talk about just briefly because it really intrigued me. I, I dived deep into this after it was brought up at the meeting. Yeah. I, no, there was a lot of details I didn't know about this. So we all heard about the ban of foreign buyers for, for a while, but I didn't know that earlier this year, January 2023, that there was an official prohibition on the purchase of residential property. So I didn't know all these 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 details like this that, that go into it. So a prop uh, an area that has 10,000 or more residences, like some of these rules apply. The biggest thing is if you don't do your due diligence as an agent and you help someone and they fall under these parameters where they they are not allowed to purchase non-Canadian, non right? And there's rules in a certain amount of days that they have to be here, whether a work permit, whether a residency, there's different amount of days that apply to classify where they are in this. But for us, so I want to talk to you about it, Sebastian, as well, is that we can get hit with a 10,000 fine. If we, oh, if we sell, and you criminally yeah, so, charged. Yeah, yeah. You get criminally charged. Now you got my attention. What's going on? <laughs> so basically, like, really do your due diligence. Really yeah. take that fin track um, seriously. And um, a lot of times, you know, there are stages in place for us to protect ourselves. Like they have to go to a lender and the lender has to approve them. So this should get caught there. But we also need to do our due diligence as well. And like and I've helped a few permanent residents buy a property that just had a PR card. And I made sure of that. Yeah. They weren't didn't fall under. And all I knew was that it was a two year ban on foreign buyers. Yeah. But I did not know all the details about this. So for those out there, if you want to have a read, it's really interesting. Just go to a CMH, just type in Google CMHC and type prohibition, CMHC prohibition, and this will come up. When you're reading into it, um, I, I heard that if they have a work visa, they can also buy property, but it needs to be long enough. Is that, is that true? They need to have been here long enough actually, and then their work visa um, duration, like expiration yeah. has to be long enough. Yeah, you have to have, I think they have to have at least 183 days. Removed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so there's there's certain dates, like to the yeah. day. Because so. when, when you hear like no foreign buyers, you thought, I thought instantly like if you're not a Canadian citizen or a permanent residence, like no luck whatsoever. I always said they should have done no like inter-provincial. If they were yeah. trying to combat what happened in Calgary, it was all out of province buyers yeah. Like, well, I had out of, uh, like out of out of country, but uh, you know, uh, like they, as much as the federal government tried to 
um, I guess, stop people from buying residential property. None of this applies to commercial or land. So, I mean, mm. you know, somebody can still, if somebody wants to put money into our economy, they can still buy a hundred acres. They can buy a farm. Yeah. They can still <laughs> buy a plaza. And I'm and, sure if they had a corporation with a Canadian person in it, they could buy anything they wanted to as well. Yeah. So yeah. there's definitely ways around it. I mean, this, I think what the federal government, their intention was just to try to cool off like Vancouver and Toronto markets with this. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't see how effective it would be to try to keep foreign money out of Canada. Yeah. Like, or like, or like the new, uh, like the anti-flipping tax. Yeah. Like anybody who was doing it a lot had a corporation anyways. Exactly. It doesn't affect them. It's yeah. just the small time flipper who's maybe doing one property. And those are the guys you want to help, man. Right. Those guys, if they could make a little buck here yeah. and there, like, <laughs> they're going to put it into our economy. The yeah. corporations, you know, they might go somewhere else. Yeah. There's so many rules that they put it out there, but you look, got to look at the fine print and see how it applies or doesn't apply. So yeah, it's a very, just like, Yesterday with the, uh, was that Tuesday with the uh, mortgage charter that uh, the Liberals came out with? Not, not very effective or, or having much uh, impact, really. They just had to mm -hmm. splash a lot of info and get some press, but it's not. Doesn't have anything you can sink your teeth in. Yeah. So um, we also, after dwelling into what's happened in the last week, we like to touch on interest rates. So I'm not going to touch on that today because I have Paul here. So Again, the Bank of Canada keeps saying that they're going to hold steady. And after saying that, we've seen six, seven, eight increases since. Yeah. So um, please reintroduce yourself one more time. Sure. And uh, we'll start by getting to know Paul. And you can you can touch on that, please. Okay, sure. Mind. So Paul Trapto, independent uh, mortgage broker at Mortgage Connection. So that whole part on interest rates is very interesting. And I hear about it in the news and stuff, and it really frustrates me because the media actually doesn't present the mortgage rates properly. Because mm -hmm. the one that's getting all the press, as you mentioned, is the one with Bank of Canada. So right. that's anything that's yeah. variable, right? So if you've got a variable mortgage, if you've got a variable car loan, that type of thing, that all falls under the Bank of Canada part of it. Anything that's a fixed rate mm -hmm. is based on the bond yields. So two very different mm -hmm. impacts of where the rates come from. So when the Bank of Canada increases in what they have for eight, eight times like mm -hmm. you like you say that immediately affected the variable it didn't always affect the fixed because mm -hmm. the fixed are on bonials so they certainly do have some impact but not in the same direct correlation to when the bank can makes a change because just was recently seen in the whole part with the increases was to try to impact inflation, right? Mm -hmm. Well, inflation was up because TIFF, Macklin, that Bank of Canada kept popping up the variables, which that affects certainly people's mortgage rates, but for anybody in business that's trying to import things, all the uh, cost of gas for the transportation, everything, that was what was fueling cost of inflation. So there, you know, since somewhere where the mortgage rates were 25% of the increase in inflation, well, that's because he bumped up rates. Mm -hmm. So the so the fix and the variable are two very different as to how they're determined. Certainly the bond yields have been seeing some reduction in the last little while. So we've seen some uh, decreases in interest rates. The most, um, I guess the biggest thing that I've seen in my 20 plus years in mortgages more recently is that it always had been the shorter your term, the lower your rate. What's happened now is that's basically gone into a, a total flip, whereas now your highest rate is in the five year because most people, economists are 
determining that in the next two to three years, we're going to see rates coming down. So your basically highest rate right now is in a one year. And then two year, three year, four year, and a five year is the highest rate where traditionally it's always been your lower other rates. Crazy. So it's just been, yeah, kind of weird. And because now um, interest rates are all based on, are you a conventional buyer? Meaning are you more than 20% down? Are you a non-conforming buyer? 65% loan to value. If you're a high ratio buyer, so as little as 5% down, but by the time you pay your high ratio premium at 4%, you're putting 1% into your property. Mm -hmm. You get the best mortgage rate. Better, better than somebody who's putting 20% down. So trying to explain that to yeah. the average buyer, it's like, it makes no sense. What made actually the most sense to me, I actually was working with a doctor and he said, it's kind of like AHS rules. They make the rules that make no sense, but they're the rules. And that's, almost, <laughs> that's almost what the government is doing for Got to wear a mask when you're part. in your car alone. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make sense. But yeah. It does Do make it. sense, but that's their, that's their that's rules. Their thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And just and what do we have today? Like a, a 5.1 floor? Uh, no, that's, you're probably more in like 5.64. Five, 5.64. Six, four. Five, six, four, yeah, okay. if you're going like at a, a probably a five-year and okay. insured part of it. So everything. And the other part that really, um, I guess, frustrates me in the industry, and I've been in over 20 years, is the interest rate. Everybody focuses on the interest rate, but it's really not the interest rate. Can I find a solution for the client? Can I get a roof over his head? Or can I keep a roof over his head? And where the interest rate is really not a big deal. And, and I've tested this with people in the industry. I'll ask someone, what's your interest rate on your mortgage? Because everybody wants to know that when they get a mortgage. And literally 95% of people, between 90 and 95% of people, cannot give you to the exact percentage point of what their interest rate is. Crazy. And that's even in business. But if you ask somebody what your payment is, Mm -hmm. they're telling you right away it's $2,000 monthly mm -hmm. it's $1,500 bi-weekly mm -hmm. but if you ask them what their interest rate is very very few know. people can actually tell you what it is but that's our fault as the industry because what do we advertise? interest rates right, right? Mm -hmm. so it's really not about the interest rate and a funny thing that that I would heard and I sometimes use it is uh, on relationship to interest rate well what's the price of a yellow car? Anybody know? The price of a yellow, yellow car. car. Yeah. Are we taking talking an 84 Pinto yeah. or a 2023 Lamborghini? Right. They're both yellow. They're both cars, but they're very different right. in what they, <laughs> what they do as far as That's right cool. use like and purpose yeah. and the cost of it. So interest rate is a starting point because we push it, mm -hmm. right? As mm -hmm. the industry, right? Somebody call up, hey, what's your best rate? Well, now... Mm -hmm. Okay, are you self-employed? Are you fully uh, employed? Do you have a T4? Are you buying conventionally? Are you insurable, non-insurable? Mm -hmm. Is it over a million dollars you're buying? Yeah. All those factors now come into play. So quoting a rate is actually detrimental to the client because, and I did this early in my career. Someone would call me up, hey, Paul, what's your best rate? And I'd quote them something. Then I find out, oh, they're a double banco. They haven't filed taxes in five years. Mm -hmm. And I quote the best rate, and they go, you liar. You told me you this rate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now you can't get it for me. So I'm always cautious on quoting rates until 
I've actually so you have all the documents exactly. you need from them. And how long do you hold a rate for? Once, once you, you can have... hold a rate for up to 120 days. 120 days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, so at, at the end, obviously, you know, uh, we, I don't know if we asked at the beginning, but how, how can people reach out to you um, if they wanted to get in yeah, contact? Easily, yeah, easily. Probably the quickest is either a phone call or a text at 403-701-7878. Mm -hmm. Awesome. No uh, social media handles we can tag you on uh, for these clips? Yeah, just on the, yeah, I'm not very active on social media. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, probably a phone call or a All right, you know, text is probably facts. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, I, actually, I have a question about that. You said people that haven't filed uh, taxes. I know this might be questionable for an accountant, but I actually know some people that haven't filed taxes in a very long time. Yeah. And at this point, they're just scared to. What so, would be your advice to them? Uh, the biggest part, are they an employee and they've been having... They've had taxes like, deducted from source or they for, for one specific person. I know they've done like employee work and cash jobs for like the last five years. Right. Mostly okay. cash jobs. Yeah. Um, so in their case, like they're just at this point, they're like, I don't I don't think I should go. In the the government taxes, will right? give a, a base rate to them based on any return they would have done in the past and then give them a late penalty. It's actually not as bad as you think. I did okay. help a gentleman because um, he needed to do it to start the process of qualifying for a mortgage so I could buy him a house, right? Exactly. Or help him buy a house. Yeah. And I, I went through this and he was like, oh man, I'm going to owe them like 20, 30 grand. Yeah. He, ended up, he ended up having to pay with a penalty 1800 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and reason for that is actually the government. So unpaid property taxes or unpaid taxes, to the government are the only things that can step in front of a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lender is very critical or very important that you got to show that if you're have an existing house, your property taxes are paid up to date mm -hmm. and your personal taxes are filed up to date. And there are lenders that it doesn't matter what your income is showing, just as long as you filed it. And we can see if you're owing uh, the government money, we've got lenders that will pay out CRA outstanding, not in the A market or the prime market that is CMAC insured, but the, the B side or alternate, we have lenders that will pay out outstanding okay. taxes owing to CRA. So it really, individual situations that it really comes down to, are they self-employed, right? And self-employed can be a wide range part of the, uh, are they a business for self where they do a, the T1 general, the income, whatever their expenses are, are they uh, T4 incorporated and they pay themselves either a draw or a dividend or are they somebody that pays cash and mm -hmm. doesn't have any, any yeah. uh, anything showing that CRA. And all those factors can all be worked into for mortgage financing. It just oh, depends okay. on, the, on the individual situation. Okay. So so it's just like kind of get advice from a professional and you'd be surprised kind yeah. of thing. Certainly on the tax side, yeah, yeah. I want to do, do that, right? I mean, I know mortgages, but I don't know it intimately about accounting or the legal yeah. side of it. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's reassuring. Yeah. Right. And you're going to eventually have to pay your taxes anyway. So, yeah, I mean, if you're you four or five yeah. years at behind now, you might as well do it rather yeah. than getting 10. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, we've all been through it. I, I can say I'm a, I'm, I'm a product of that. I'm, I'm behind on my taxes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the great thing with the government is like, they will carry things forward. They'll carry yeah. losses forward there, you know? 
So yeah. as long as they get their money, even if it's down the road, people mm-hmm. get too scared and too worried about it. Yeah, and that's actually what you can actually, it's actually detrimental to yourself because yeah. you know you 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 can't get any financing. You can't yeah. go to the bank and get a loan. I mean, yeah. you know, as our lives get busier and busier, you want to have kids, you want to get married. I mean, this that's a big impediment for you actually starting your life. It's like right. it's like you being it's uh like not being able to get your driver's license. Right, right. So you like get to pay all the tickets yeah. off. Yeah, first. because yeah, it's exactly. before you renew. Right? So yeah. it's, yeah. Think of it that way, right? right? So right. I mean, right. the freedom that you get from being able to drive is like you know, it's the freedom that you get financially from being able to borrow and lend yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So you just you know look at it that way, and you'll realize that paying your taxes is important. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, um, well, actually, first, before I talk about that, we'll just uh, re- in, please reintroduce yourself and uh, we'll get to know you. And then the question I have, I'll, I'll go into sure. it. Sure. Yeah. So my name is uh, Sunil Wall. I'm uh, the broker and president of Urban Realty. I've been licensed uh, realtor pretty much like since out of high school, uh, 14 years. Uh, background is mostly uh, heavy in commercial. Um, the first four years of my career, I did uh, a little bit of residential sales, and then uh, for the last you know ten plus years, I've been doing uh, commercial leasing, uh, land development, um, sales, property management, lease assignments, uh, you name it, all of the above. Uh, so well versed and uh, lucky enough that I started early, so now I've kind of acquired all this knowledge, and I'm I'm still. Uh, pretty pretty young I guess so it yeah. kind of worked out <laughs> no that, that's great uh, thank you again for coming on and I uh, really appreciate having you here and your your commercial background and expertise has helped me firsthand in just the last two weeks here I won't uh, for disclosure purposes mention any any names here but I can mention the scenario of a purchase and sale representing both sides that Sunil is helping me on uh, that whole implication of showing and doing your taxes can come back to hurt you yeah, yeah. right not only Same can it way. hurt you when you're not paying your taxes and you want to get a loan it hurts businesses when they think they're taking advantage of tax shelters or what they think are tax shelters by overinflating their expenses and putting too many meals and stuff and too many leases on the company and then and just your net income them. yeah your net income comes down whereas you're happier because you're not paying tax and and you get more in your pocket and you get to spend it on these other luxuries, I'll call them. But then when it comes time that you want to sell your business, yeah, everyone looks at the numbers and the numbers are the net income. So. Yeah. yeah. And so you can't really have your cake and eat it too, too yeah. right? It's <laughs> like... If you're showing, um, and, and this, and this is a standard practice among lots of businesses that we sell, um, you know, traditionally everyone is always scared of paying taxes and no one wants to pay taxes. And then they'll, uh, like Shiraz was saying that you, you discount your, uh, income. And then what happens is when you actually go to sell your business or you go to try to get a loan or anything, everyone's going to look at your financials and how much money they, how much money you're bringing in. Right. And so if you're showing uh, a loss or, you know, a low net income, you, you, it really cuts your legs out from underneath you. You can't, it's, it's pretty much showing like a zero. Right. So it's, uh, you know, it's very, very beneficial to pay a little bit of taxes because you can always borrow against it. Right. And, and if you're a young person, you know, that is the best tool that you have to build equity is, play with the bank's money, play with someone else's money. And as long as you do a good job, manage it properly, um, you know, nine out of 10 times, you'll be successful. Um, exactly, it's yeah. just, you know, a lot of people are just scared of taking that risk and they don't want it. They just see money yeah. going out 
but nobody you know looks at the bigger picture they can see the money that they can bring it's, in it's short-sighted yeah right? exactly yeah. they're not thinking long term they're thinking right now today this year I'm going to show less so I have more in my pocket. I don't want to pay the taxes. I'll do whatever and I can. For a business that has been doing that, you know, uh, eating their cake and not claiming it thing. Um, <laughs> That's my new way if, of saying it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they are thinking, if they have been doing it like that and they are thinking of selling it, is it just they got to wait one year for the next tax season where they could show that they actually made income? Or yeah, it, like it, would actually, it would actually be two years. Okay. You know, like if you're going to start taking these steps to – show better net income on a business where you've been um, trying to take advantages and not show that to avoid paying taxes and stuff, they're not going to want to see one year because you're going to see your previous years and where they're seeing no net income. Mm. So they're not going to be like, well, what happened all of a sudden the next year? Yeah, you got when you went from like yeah. 10,000 net income to 80,000 net income, they want to see it, I would say, for at least a couple of years, right? Okay. Is, are you talking more about the financial statements of what they're yeah. showing or the person? Yeah, financial statements. Yeah. And that part's always, and that's always been the kind of clamp part. I've, through my 20 plus years in mortgage, I've sat on the lender side of the mm -hmm. desk and I've sat on the broker side of the desk. So when I was representing a lender, it's on the alternative side and a broker would call me up and say, I got a client that's making a million bucks a year. I said, okay, but what's their net? Oh, they had a loss. So you can make as much money as you want. Yeah. But if your expenses take you down to a, That's a negative the thing, net. Yeah. So, so the income is never that determining part. And, and yeah. again, a part where we've got lenders that look at 12 months of bank statements, right? Because there's a lot of people that don't file taxes to show big income. Mm -hmm. So they don't have a lot of uh, income tax uh, showing. But there are lenders that will look at, um, at 12 months bank statements to right. see if the cash flow makes sense. Because literally the... Part of the lender, and I've said this not only on both sides of it, lenders lend money to make money. Mm -hmm. So if they're not lending money, they're not making money. So they need to know that it's a good opportunity, price to risk, and does it make sense? Does this person have enough money coming in to pay the mortgage, all the other related costs, and their day-to-day -day expenses? And if that's showing through the bank statement, then they're okay to take a, a look at it. So the Income tax filing and, and what people are showing for income is important, but it's not going to be the sole factor as to what lenders are going to going to approve for a property uh, a property and, and get them approved. So lots of lots of different things that come into play for sure. Yeah, it's uh, people don't realize all the work behind the scenes. Yeah, just, uh, because it's not their area of expertise, yeah. right? So, so have uh, I'll ask you both, gentlemen. You can answer one at a time. But have you both? always been here in the YYC or did you come here from elsewhere? Are you born and raised here? Are you born and raised here? Yeah, a good or bad part of it. I'm actually, so now I have a grandson. So that's the fourth generation of a born in Calgary, Calgary. So my oh, dad nice. was born here. Oh, I was, I've got three boys and now grandson. So I guess we'd be. And always born. Calgary. Yep. Calgary. Awesome. It's been a small right two year early career part down in Lethbridge in, in banking. But other than that, it's been Calgary, so nice. pretty biased to Calgary. So, um, and, and yourself? Me, uh, yeah, born and raised. Born at the Peter Lougheed, uh, which is actually not too far from my office, where our office is. <laughs> so just, I, don't, I didn't travel too far. Uh, my uh, dad is, was born and raised in India. Then he moved here when he was 16. Uh, and then my mom's from England, and she came here when she was, I think, 17 or 18. Uh, met my dad and then she never went back and awesome. here I am yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask you both you gentlemen we ask all our guests um, with your time here in the YYC 
what's one thing you really love about YYC? And what's one thing if you could change, what would you change? We'll start, we'll start with Paul. Uh, I'm going to say the closest to the mountains, the bright blue sky. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have what the, on average, the most amount of sunshine ever. Certainly the, the we, winters can get a little cold, but I'd rather dress for yeah. cold than rain. Yeah. So it's the bright blue skies, good weather, closest to the mountains, and just literally the quality of, of uh, life in Calgary yeah. is really second to none. Yeah. We get that a lot, actually, for being close to the mountains. And we've actually talked about it, and we looked it up online. Like, it's one of the sunniest cities in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? It was like 320 days. Of yeah, like 320 sun. sunny yeah, days a, of sun. a year, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, people don't, if you're not from cold weather, if it's a sunny day and it's like winter, right, and there's snow on the ground, the thing is, if the sun's hitting you, it's so dry, it just feels so warm and nice. Yeah. 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 Minus 20 outside and in your car that you're getting a suntan. Oh, right. yeah. I'll, I'll blast the heat. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, okay, well, we'll finish. We'll, yeah. You can answer both questions and we'll get some down. Uh, Another one is if there's change? one thing you could change. The quality of drivers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we really dwelled into that. <laughs> what, when you drive elsewhere, we talked about it here with yeah. a few guests. The roads are made for automobiles. Why do the pedestrians have a right of way over the automobiles? Yeah. That's my one number one pet peeve. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, everyone out there, please, please, with all respect, the fast lane is the fast lane. Yeah. We all have traffic jams that start because someone has an ego and is wondering why everyone's honking and flashing lights. Well, you're doing 90 in, in the far left lane on Deerfoot. That's and you have signal lights that are to be used. Yeah. 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 Right? They, they're, they're working. Exactly. So we've talked about that a lot, about how yeah, the driving. Um, the roads are so big here, so wide. Yet there's no accidents in the narrowest roads in Europe, and we have accidents all day. All over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so Neil, those two questions. What's um, one thing you love so about YYC? One thing I would say that I love, I mean, pretty much everything that Paul touched on, um, you know, I'm 100% in agreement. Um, I would also um, just say, like, I think um, the fact that we have such a multicultural uh, population, I think that's, uh, you know, extremely beneficial. And, and I actually love that because you kind of get exposure to uh, a ton of different cultures and people and you know just the way that they do things is a little bit different than how we do things and I think that's um, you know just like the collaboration and kind of the the I guess the entrepreneurial spirit kind of you know like mm-hmm. and, you know we have so many people from so many different backgrounds and communities and cultures that uh, you know like this you know Calgary is kind of like a I would say like a hub almost where you can kind of do anything that you want you know where mm-hmm. I, I know traditionally we we're kind of oil and gas but now you know we're getting a lot of like tech in here mm-hmm. you have a lot of like um, you know a lot of even like blue collar jobs right it's not just traditionally oil and gas so i think that the people and the community that we have here in calgary is probably uh you know bar none i would say it's it's, yeah. it's probably some yeah. of the best and and uh you kind of feel like a, it's like kind of like a family you know when you're traveling like if you go to the states or if you go um, you know, even in Europe, like a lot of the people are just kind of rude. No one really holds they the don't door, talk to right? No one holds the door. There's no like neighborly love. Uh, but here, you know, like even when I'm driving, like even in my community or something, people are always waving. Uh, people are always holding doors for you. It's always please and thank you. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of goes a long way just with the whole mentality um, of our city. I think it's really good. Um, so I would say, yeah, like, yeah, the people I think are, are yeah. probably one of the best. Diversity, big melting yeah. pot. And that's yeah. a that's a great point. You know, we're a little snapshot of what Canada represents. We all have a, a stereotype around the world, a good stereotype. 
of being really nice. And we are. And accepting, know? right? And I think yeah. like, I think Calgary kind of, um, like, uh, you know, is it's a good show of Canadian values, right? right? Like yeah. kind of what we're about, you know, accepting, like it's kind of, you have like the American dream where you can come from anywhere and do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's pretty similar here in Calgary, you know, yeah, like, pretty evident here. Yeah. yeah. You know, like all my family, when they came like from India or whatever, like, you know, they had like nothing. Right. And now like yeah. everyone over time, you know, they've, they kind of got established now they got their families here and now we're in the second or third generation uh you know of our family um and everyone's doing good right and mm. like where else would you get that opportunity right right you, you can't really do that and everyone was able to have to do um you know what what they kind of wanted to do in life right if you know if someone wanted to be like my dad's in real estate we're, we do real estate together but i've got uncles that um, you know, they worked at like a, the, the, the mill, like the wood mill in Golden, mm-hmm. and they were able to make an amazing life for themselves. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, it just, it's not just like a one size fits all. It's, you can kind of be successful doing a range of things. So mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Awesome. And, uh, one thing that I, um, uh, don't like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of tough. I would say like kind of what Paul touched on is the drivers is a little bit tough. I mean, being in real estate, I spend, I would say at least 50, maybe 60% of my time on the road. Uh, so I definitely feel that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people are on their phone, a lot of people aren't paying attention. So I think the the driving quality has definitely gone down a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, it's not as cold as it used to be, but I think still the cold, you know, just being Indian, we're not really meant built for uh, <laughs> minus 30. We're more built for plus 30. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that still, uh, always kind of gets me, even though I was born in the city I'm still haven't gotten used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing thing. Thanks for sharing. That was awesome. Uh, do you have any questions, uh, for us at all? Um, just, I guess maybe like what, uh. Like what, how, what, what got you guys started on the podcast? Like what, how'd you guys, oh, I would, I would say it was uh, mainly Shiraz. He had the idea from the start yeah. and then he chose two good guys to start it with him. So uh, myself and myself, Sebastian and Zach, um, and Zach, so there's three of us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zach accepted with our support and encouragement. Um, cause you don't get these chances again in life and we're proud of him. We stay, stay in touch with him daily and we, well, we know he's doing really well. Zach, another third part of our podcast, he accepted a, a scholarship to play for the University of Montana for hockey. Oh, nice. So Amazing. He's yeah. enjoying the American college life, right? Yeah, so we'll have to go right? He's a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a four-hour drive. Yeah. He comes back when he can. And, and honestly, it he just, was, he's sending me photos the other day. Like He's like, he's like dude, $5 jug. I'm like, get out of here. I'm like, if you if that's yeah. true, I'm, I'm getting in my car now. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, but I mean, it just made sense, right? Because um, in, in real estate, we have to have a, a social presence, right? We'll social see nowadays, media. Social, social media, media presence. presence. Yeah. And it's just, it just something that's, it just checks all the boxes for us, right? We can make one long form piece of content and we, and we break it down into clips and, and reels that, that people seem to enjoy. So, and, and we enjoy it too, right? I, every week we get to sit down, you know, talk about our week and, and how it's been going. And plus we get to meet amazing characters throughout the city. I mean, we've met all different walks of life so far. Right? Anything YYC, we're, we're all about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've had all, all walks of life on here, which we really yeah. appreciate. So, but obviously we were, it's, it's focus is, is real estate. So this episode was a, a really great one. I'm really happy. And again, thank you both for, for coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely, yeah, anytime. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. This is yeah. cool. It's the first time being on a podcast, so hopefully not the last. No, no, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> the last part ones, part twos. But yeah, uh, yeah. what do you guys think, like, uh, now that we've gotten to know you two, we gave the update, like, this is uh, personally my, my favorite part. Like, 
Um, now we just have as loose of a conversation as, as possible. There's no rules. So what do you guys think? Everyone always asks me, like, how's the market, you know? Uh, should I buy now? Uh, should I wait? You know, I, it's tough to answer that question, right? I, I always have that motto and people know me by saying this all the time. I'm like, I say two things. I'm like, the best time to buy real estate was yesterday. Yeah. And don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait, it, yeah. right? It's like, well, the market, if I buy today... I'm going to be upset if, if it drops or I bought it for 500 and the ne next summer I got an assessment and it's worth 470. I said, well, are you selling it? No. So then it doesn't really affect you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it as an investment, just like the gentleman I helped buy his first place, right? Yeah. He knows it's a five-year play. So he's done his numbers, right? Even if he sells it for the same price he bought it for, which he, I promise you he won't, yeah. the way we're going, five years from now, he's still going to be ahead. Better than these renting, which he's been doing for the last six, seven years, right? Well, and five years to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? And to, play, to call his own. Exactly. So instead of renting in the rent and the landlord can't say, hey, I'm giving you notice, you're out next week. Yeah. And where does he go? So, exactly. Yeah. And you so. never really know what the market is going to do. I mean, yeah. if we looked at what, like right before COVID, I mean, we were, Calgary was not the place to invest in, right? There was right, a, yeah. probably a big X on yeah. Alberta market. House prices were low. Our oil was in the, uh, you know, it was just crap. Nothing happened, right? And, and at that time, you know, trying to convince people to buy a house, you, good luck, right? There was just mm -hmm. an oversupply. And then, you know, you, you fast forward two years and it's a completely different thing, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, it's, you know, to touch base on like, it, it, it does, it's never a bad time to buy because you never know what the future is going to hold, right? So some of my clients who I sold a property to, um, you know, during COVID or right before, I mean, like we just, they're reaping the benefits of it now, but you know, at that time is yeah. like trying to convince them to, Hey, like, you know, you should try to do this and, you know, come up with your 5% down payment and coaching everybody. Everyone's always a little bit scared, but you know, you got to take the plunge eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You just, I mean, just I mean do the it. only way that the real estate market wouldn't go up long-term is that if our population started to decrease, yeah. like that's truly the only way it would go down, but with the amount of immigration we're having, we're only going to see a, yeah. a very good it market. It's going to continue to grow and yeah. people need to live somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, we, we talked about it on the show before, like they, they released uh, numbers where we need X amount of homes in the next 10 years and we're nowhere near that we're, number, right? And we won't be the supply chain yeah. workers. Yeah. yeah. The cost of building, building yeah. The, the manpower to build, the trades are high demand yeah like we've done uh, we've done a lot of new builds with builders like, mm -hmm. um, new build sales with the big name outfits and again you know normally i would always say add on 60 days if you're yeah. buying a house with a yeah. x name big builder add on 60 days there's always delays yeah but now it's like you know my literally my my clients yeah. eight months eight months I, from the day when they signed yeah that we're, we're buying a brand new place we're going to get it on this date they don't, they didn't get the key till eight months after. after Due eight to months these after the, or signing of the contract. Eight months after the possession date they were given when they chose to buy that place. Yeah. And because of the trades, yeah. because of the delays. Right? Yeah, you can't find like, people. Yeah. yeah. I had a I had a builder, uh one of the builders um told me you're not allowed to give people timelines. Like we're not, we're not because we're just, that's the situation all builders yeah. are in right yeah. now. You know, yeah. How can they? How I mean, how can it gets tough to sell a property? Telling them, yeah, you could move in maybe time. at some maybe. point. When am I moving in? I'm in a rental. I need some to give time. notice to my landlord. My lease is up. Yeah, just go month to month. Yeah, month to month. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll let you know. 
The benefit, I, the benefit yeah. is like as a tenant, you have way more power and rights than actually the landlord, right? And so, you know, you can give 30 days notice, you should be okay. And in a market like this, landlord's not going to have trouble re-renting re oh, no. your place or finding no. a new tenant, right? So it's never an issue. It's what I tell them. And how I was able to get a lot of uh, clients to buy a new build and I let them know and I over-prepared them. I was like, forget the date that they're telling you. I know it says March 1, but let's aim for August 1. Mm -hmm. like what he's like yeah please aim for that aim for that and hopefully we get it sooner but from my experience in the last like two years let's let's say august one even though they say march one yeah 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 so. yeah everything is slow yeah i'm shocked that the only 470 some sales like in a week. That's, yeah. We haven't seen a is four. That, is that the lowest it's been? Since we started well, the podcast actually, and we do a weekly check. And how long is that? When did you test your first Six, podcast? seven months ago. Really? Wow. So yeah. every week it's been like eight, nine hundred. One one week it was like a thousand sales. Right? Yeah. And that 400 is that? Every week, 800, 800, 900, 800, 800. Then only in the last month and a half, because yeah. we're now into fall, winter, yeah. we saw the numbers go down. But man, I didn't expect them to drop by 100 yeah. each, each week because it went from 800 700 all 600 single family condo that's just that total sales total so, sales yeah. for seven days in okay. Calgary. Yeah. i mean it does kind of follow like seasonal trends as well it does but but, but i mean it's when you see one week 700 next week 400 well when we see 800 like, every week for like yeah. five months and then 400 that's significant yeah yeah I think some of the prices are i think some sellers are getting a little bit greedy as well like if you look at oh, yeah. what like, I guess, like, what you get, right? It's like, you know, you get, like, a one-bedroom, one-bath, and it's, like, 300000 It's like, yeah. you know, people, I think people, like, buyers are getting a little bit more smarter now as well as where they're just, like, yeah, I'll just wait, mm -hmm. right? There's yeah. a lot, right? It's just not worth it. Like, how are you going to make it? You're never going to make your money back. Like, yeah. it's never, it's, ever. It's basically economics 201 that I took at university many years ago. <laughs> Supply yeah. and demand, right? Yeah. yeah. Supply is there. You as a seller can demand that price, but if no one's prepared to, pay for it yeah then you're not selling it so right. yeah that's, i mean that's, it, it is a challenge telling people that they're that they're not going to get what they thought they were going to get right yeah. like yeah. I, I know this one person that wants um for example seven hundred thousand dollars for their for their house but they want to sell it to a builder as a lot in a place that's not really being developed very much mm. and they're like they're like just just sell it privately wouldn't that make sense for you wouldn't that be easy for you <laughs> And I'm like, I yeah, let to, me just. I talked to a builder, and they, the last property they bought was five ten. Like, when I do those CMAs and I and I talk and educate um, yeah. my sellers, you know, the sale prices are your ammunition, not the active. Yeah, you no. know, yeah, what it actually penny. sold for. I said, right? yeah, I said, forget about that. I said, I can list your place for two million dollars, but it's only worth what people are willing to pay. We can yeah. only look at the sold numbers. Yeah, but they refuse to go on market, which is a problem, right? They're like, we no, do no, not no. I'm talking market. like they go on market. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they're like, well, I want to put my place up for five ninety nine. I said, this is five forty nine, right? They're like, well, what do you mean? My neighbor's up for six twenty five, and I said, yeah, that's why he's been up for one hundred twenty days, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I don't care what the active ones are. Like, when you're going there to 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 talk to a seller and actually sell their house and do your job correctly, we the real ammunition is the sales. Those yeah. are the real numbers. Yeah. And in this market, like you should be able to sell it within like, like within under two weeks. If you price it right. Yeah. If you price if it right. You like if you're, right. Offer, if you're not getting offers, if you're getting, because you'll get showings, but if you're not getting offers, like within like the I'm first gonna, 10 days, you should know. I'm going to talk about a scenario that um, has been bugging me for the last 48 hours. I'm upset at myself. Um, 
for I'm not gonna let it change who I am. I'm gonna continue to be <laughs> a good guy. I'm gonna continue to be a nice we love that. person. Yeah. Um, but here's the situation. Um, obviously I won't go into details and confidentiality. I won't disclose addresses, names, right? But I'll tell you the scenario. I list a property. I list it correctly, accurately to sell fast. Within 48 hours, we get almost 100% asking price. We put 90 day possession because my clients are downsizing. I need to sell them out of this big, big place and get them into a small place, right? It's time for them to downsize. They've been in here for 20 years, right? So the other realtor, great rapport relationship on the phone, great to talk to, great to deal with, um, says, here's the offer, it's almost full ask, you know, low conditions, great, huge deposit, but he had a uh, December 18 possession. And I said, well, that possession's fine if I can find them their next place before that, which is why we have 90 days, so I can ensure that my sellers move once and pay a bridge loan, which you can talk about in a second, because um, they'll take the proceeds from their sale to pay for their next purchase, but there will be a bridge loan in the interim. So yeah, he, these are exact words. Oh, my guy's flexible, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll just leave it as is, and you guys let us know when you find the next place, and uh, we'll adjust it. And my mistake is I didn't get that in writing because we found the next place. January 3rd is the earliest we can get it. December 18, we have to get out of this place. My sellers are homeless for 16 days. Neither side is moving their possession dates. This gentleman, I spoke to him on the phone and I said, I'll remind you of our conversation. We had 90 days possession listed. You came in December 18, 30 day possession. And you said, your guy's flexible, which is why we accept it. He said, well, you guys signed it. And he's well, not wrong. Yeah. Right? So I said to him, thank you very much for the harsh lesson. Um, I will never go on good faith again. Mm, I will yeah. put everything in writing politely to the next agent. And next time I deal with this, I will say with no offense, I will need it in writing. Because I said, thank you for giving me a harsh lesson that how great and nice you were with me to persuade us to accept this deal. Now, when I'm asking you to come forth on what you promised me verbally, you're saying, hey, you signed it, sorry. That yeah. is right. I have no leg legally to stand yeah. up here, right? I mean, that's just, but the thing I think is, it's bad business. It, it is, but it's also- It is, but like I said, I'm not gonna, yeah. a lot of people are like, well, you do that, you be bad. Like, don't don't let them in, um, make the place a mess for them on possession. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna- But it's also that. not always on the agent too. Like, he has to follow the legal instruction of his client, right? And the, the, the clients maybe want to move in earlier, right? And what, what can he can't tell them no, right? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't you shouldn't re represent that he because he pretty much told you that hey yeah. we'll get it done no matter what, yeah. right? So it's like you as, as an agent like you're gonna just take you know word for word because like even like I'm we're probably the same as like I'll take an agent for their word, right? Mm -hmm. Unless I've unless I actually have a a reason not to take them for their word, mm -hmm. then I will, right? Because we're all like, in the same industry. You expect no one's trying to stab you in the back or screw right. you over, right? But I mean, yeah, everyone's intention is not always- uh, what I learned what the hard way hey, yeah. two days ago. So yeah. I found a solution, thankfully, you know, very resilient and uh, thinking outside the box. So I was able to figure- Figure your resourceful. Yeah, you know? figure it all out. Everything's gonna be fine. It's a 16 day hiccup for my clients, but I figured it all out got all the ducks in a row, took care of everything for them, for storage temporarily, for accommodation temporarily. And you guys would be surprised. Like if you look around online, it's like three, 4,000 during that time to get like an Airbnb or something. Yeah. I, I booked it, I got it for them. 
um, 16 days, 17 days, just to have a little window, mm-hmm. 15, 90. And they, nice can bring, and they can bring their dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, it's amazing. But it took like, literally, literally it took like six hours of phoning and yeah. talking to different landlords, different uh, hotels, motels, different Airbnb owners, like a lot of phone calls. But hey, lesson harshly learned, right? I'm not going to, you know, conduct myself in a different way um, because of this. I'm just going to politely ask for things in writing. So yeah. let's say tomorrow I meet a new agent that's very nice to deal with, um, very friendly, um, gives me the peace of mind that it's going to be a smooth transaction. I'm going to say, well, please, from what's happened to me in the past, I will need that in writing, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, don't worry. We're going to waive sooner. Just give us the three-week condition. I was like, well, we want like a one-week condition, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna kind of put that in writing, so... Yeah, always good. I mean, I think I think an email is always good. Like I've, I've I haven't gone to court too much, knock on wood, but um, too much, too right? much. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it's amazing what a judge will look at. I mean, they're very, very uh, like they know their stuff. You know, so it's like you try to pull one over on a judge. Good luck, and they will right. look at they look at everything. They don't just look at what real estate law is or what that law is. They'll look at what the law of the land, what precedents are. Um, you know, so like if you get get something in writing, email, text anything you know the judge will look at that to see what the true intention behind that was right um so yeah i mean getting something in writing is good but it doesn't matter which form you get it in it doesn't always yeah. have to be in like text email yeah and that's the thing it, yeah. this was like you know and i appreciated it actually the entire correspondence was the old-fashioned way talking on the phone getting on the phone and then putting in writing what we had ironed out on the phone and hashed yeah. out on the phone right mm-hmm. so it was unfortunately verbal, right? Yeah. So again, like in hindsight, it's only 16 days. They got almost full ask, which they didn't expect. They over, like, I wanted to list it less, actually. I wanted to list it 20,000 less than we did. And I'm surprised and happy for them that they got like full asking for what they wanted and within 48 hours. So I'm telling them like, that's great. I'm like, and the house that you want and are in love with, you also got for less than the asking price. The only downside here is for 16 days, you're going to have to be in a temporary accommodation. Your stuff's going to be in those pods that I have showing up, right? Throw them in the pod. And I've done it before. I'll be there. Like I've I've grabbed a U-Haul and showed up and helped, uh, helped clients before and put in the hard work. Like, you know. Deals in real estate, sometimes you do a lot more and sometimes you'll do a lot less, but it all weighs out. Some deals, you know, I'll put in extra work, but then there's some deals where I spent two days with a client and that was it. We just like spent two days driving around looking at houses and that was all I had to do. Whereas sometimes these situations I have to go over and above, right? Yeah, but that shows your good, that shows your character, right? And I think those clients that you kind of went over and above for will always kind of, you know, I will always recommend you and you might get more business out of that, right? Like it's always good to treat your, oh, I always try to go over and above, right? Because yeah. you never know where the business is going to come from, right? right? Majority of my business, I haven't done, you know, thankfully, I, I, you know, I haven't had to do too much advertising or anything like that. Most of my business now comes from referrals. Right. Always, right? Mine so, too. And that's years in the game, right? You yeah. said you're 14, I'm 17, you're 20. So it's so like, like part you're six, five, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you're doing a good job, I mean, your clients are your biggest, um, I guess, your biggest gateway to more leads, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they're your biggest spokesperson. Yeah. They, they are your best They're form your of advertising. Fans, right? So like, I'm, I'm big on like, 
And I don't understand why more agents don't do it. It's like, we are governed and we have to get their ID. So you know their birthday. At the mm-hmm. very least, write it down, keep it forever, put it as an auto reminder mm-hmm. in your calendar, send them something for their birthday. That's like one of the easiest yeah. ways to remind them that you're around and you, you, you appreciate their business and uh, hope you like your new home or, or thank you for allowing me to represent you on your sale. I hope you like living abroad. I, I like literally had to find out where they are when I see like that a uh, client's birthday is coming up so I can make sure I send them something. Because I've helped clients that, you know, sold their place here and are like retired and beach life 24-7, right? So those little things to keep yeah. that circle yeah. growing. Absolutely. Just like a touching point, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's important. Uh, statistically you should touch every every four months statistically like yeah. they call them drip campaigns or yeah. whatever like you should contact them on the phone yeah. like so every four remembering months remembering you and top minds so of real yeah. estate comes out yeah yeah. Kind of yeah exactly yeah. So uh, how, how do you uh, in your in your field how do you keep that drip part, one of the big things is, is certainly a mortgage checkup yep right checking in with people to right stay in touch so maybe they've, they've had uh, uh, got married or had children or, or something else, or then you do an expansion part. So literally, yeah, minimum is that uh, once a year mortgage checkup part, but then also right when things are changing for rates and mm-hmm. different things, just some information. If it's uh, financial literacy month, which it is in November, just little uh, snippets or information to, to get that out there so they are sort of aware and top of mind, right, that if you mm-hmm. need something to do with money, then call Paul. You're the guy. Yeah. Instead of call Saul, call Paul. I was about there to say, yeah. better call Paul. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a fresh glass we can give to Paul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, I had that for Sunil, but. Oh, yeah. Sunil's got wine. You got some wine. Thank you. So, should we talk about a little uh, YYC sports or what? Sports, huh? I can't believe we didn't make the great up again. We should be winning all the time. We should be, but I don't know. Did they overspend for Jake Mayer? They did. He has they definitely not, did. He has not performed. Actually, though, an interesting part, like, really kind of the whole sport part. I don't know if you guys are Netflix people. Uh, the um, you know, it, uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, yeah. That uh, his movie on on Netflix. Yeah. Like he he went from nowhere to where he became MVP, Super Bowl MVP twice. Yeah. I think it was and. Another year from from where he started, from I think it was a Div to what was it University of Iowa to the Arena Football League, and then got um, one of the teams, the Rams. So the first starting quarterback to actually win a Super Bowl. So like from where he came from, and just kept the dream alive, kept going. Is actually I haven't seen watched it all yet, but very impressive. Yeah, Netflix man, have they really really changed the game? Mm-hmm. Like goodbye to my blockbuster stocks. Blockbusters. <laughs> 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 oh, or Netflix, right? I actually forgotten that they started when you get that DVD sent to your house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally, you're just stopping that. I think in the next month. Yeah. Remember, Columbia used to do that back oh, in the day. Yeah. Remember, oh. we used to get like the CDs. Columbia House. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I don't remember. <laughs> oh, now I remember. Where are the old guys in the room? Where the, where the dads in the room? <laughs> and the Flames, I mean, at some point, is it the coaching or is it the players? Like, just, you're getting paid a good chunk of money to play a game. So, so what is it? Right? They got to get it together. Yeah, it's not as bad as Edmonton. 
Yeah, Edmonton. Well, thankfully we won. Uh, I went to the game. Was it last Thursday? We played the Canucks, so that was good. Yeah, we so won. Yeah. Third, like number two. Yeah, and we beat them. Yeah, and then we. So is that part? Yeah, last night. Oh, we just didn't have our legs for uh, Nashville last night. Mm. Is it just well, last now, night or? <laughs> okay, so we're. So we're not Seven and nine? Not good. No. Because I did something today said that. Other than, other than <laughs> you, you know what the running joke is about when uh, the Golden Knights and the, like now they're in Vegas? It's yeah. like they're guaranteed to win every home game. Like the, the visiting team comes and they're in the <laughs> party. Yeah. They get messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they just, that's they like, just the like going, the party. going joke, right? So at the U.S. Thanksgiving time, if you're out of the playoffs, there's a very small percentage of teams that will get to the uh, playoffs by the Leafs making season, a run so. here the Leafs we are not we're not doing what I think they anticipated with changing the management yeah well I mean I think I mean Sutter is a good coach but I mean the, the, just the, the players just think that he's too harsh you know but he's old school Hey, he's like, that's you should get paid $10 million, you should be able to... Yeah, you better fucking like, show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. you better fucking show yeah. up. It's a lot of money. Right? Yeah. So It's crazy, like, how much basketball players get paid more than hockey players. Like, there's we have like, one team in all of Canada, but the Raptors players get paid more than... Oh, yeah. Well, look at like, 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 how much players. is... Like, compared, like, like, McDavid is probably one of the best players, right? So you compare yeah. that to, like, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, look at the difference. She's a baseball player. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The that's the next one. And then they do play 162 games. Yeah, right. I can't. I never really got into baseball to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to the I went to a Blue Jays game back in the day. That was pretty cool. So, I, but watching it on TV, I think it's better when you're actually live. Yeah. But so 11, watching it on 11, TV, 11, I can never get yeah, into. So it. if you put, basically put his and rather do a comparison of say baseball or basketball players to yeah. top NHL, would he be close? Oh yeah, so yeah. NHL is like yeah. Close. Add, a, exactly. add another zero. Oh, then he so, so gets get to the NFL. So his, and he's like one of the top, he's only 76th yeah. in the NBA. It's like 76, that guy doesn't even see any minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on the bench, just like doing yeah, this. And exactly. Get, that's the like, best player is in, baseball, in hockey. For baseball? But it probably has to do something with the politics within the sport as well, right? Well, just not enough viewers, right? It's just yeah. there's not as many viewers as there, there is. Like, there is a like a certain amount that they can pay yeah, for their players, right? right? Yeah, well, they have salary caps and stuff, but it's just it all comes down to viewer, right? Like right. basketball's got they're big in China, they got you know all the yeah. states, it's right? International, international, right? And then here you just NHL. I mean, we've got like a few Canadian teams and then whatever they have in the states, but it's not as yeah. Not the as big. Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. It was like eighty-five percent Canadians. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, playing, that went there. Playing on their roster. Yeah. <laughs> all, yeah, I can't believe it. so three soccer players and one football player. That's the and highest and right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and then even, yeah, yeah. And not even close. Forty-five million versus yeah, one hundred sixty-eight. Two hundred fourteen million. Wow. That's still a lot of houses, Steve. Yeah, that's the Saudi. That's the real oil money. Yeah, that's yeah. the Saudis yeah. paying that's him. The, for a two year in Saudi Arabia. Well, that whole part with the, what the live, the live golf yeah, yeah, controversy yeah. part of it. And then they, and then they combined anyways, yeah. right? So like if you're, ti- if you're Tiger Woods, you make sure just taking the billion. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have still been, you would have been all good. <laughs> oh man. So. Well, That's again, uh, th- thank you gentlemen so much again for coming. Oh, it was fun. Great to. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is sweet, man. We should do it again for sure.
Definitely, definitely. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we, we wrap it up? Any, any, uh, any last things? I mean, I shared a horror story the last 48 hours. Is there anything you want to talk about with your clients? Anything you want to talk about with your... Like, oh, yeah, Paul, I'm good. I got 200,000 down payment. Yeah. And then you find out yeah. he's like or, going to jail next week. <laughs> the, the, biggest, the biggest part, again, I love the industry, but things that are so misconstrued is the pre-approval. Yeah. Really is nothing. And it's all about the five C's of credit. And that could be a, a whole podcast just on that. But literally where person can be gold, they've got everything they need. But if that collateral being the property is not marketable, the lender doesn't like it, you can be gold, but the lender's not going to give you a mortgage. So that's the part that people miss uh, are misrepresented as far as the information. If you're pre-approved, doesn't mean you're you're going to be approved. No questions asked. Right. That property comes down to right what type of property and the whole thing. So, which is why, and I just did it the other day. I, I tell my clients, my buyer clients, um, first we must waive in writing and get be able to waive your finance condition before you spend money on a condo doc review or your inspection. Yeah. Oh no, my financing is good. I know it's good. I want to go ahead and do it. I said, please, let's just wait. Mm-hmm. Give it a couple of days. There's a reason we have like a seven to fourteen day conditional period. I want that first because this might be a waste of our time. Yeah. And it happened here. Yeah. The gentleman wanted to go ahead and pay for the condo doc review. I said, just let's give your lender one day. Sure enough, one day is like post engine cable. You got to find another lender. Sorry. Yeah. So saved him his $400 condo doc review and we're yeah. on to the and next one. Right? Property is always a key component of any mortgage. Yeah. It's probably in, in some cases one of the biggest things. Yeah. Even at, you know, the other realtor once said to me, well, at 20% down, who cares? Well, your client has 20, lender has 80. Mm-hmm. Who's got more skin in the game? The lender. So yeah. even at 20% down, it still matters. Right. So it's their risk. They're evaluating their risk. Right. That whole part. All they can foresee is more maintenance, more fees, potential of special assessments, and fees just only. And they don't want to get a property back, right? I mean, lenders aren't no. in, the, in the They're not in the business position of, of managing getting, property. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, you can no. make the payments. They don't yeah. have to knock on your yeah. door to take the property over because that's not what they Which is why, like, when I have clients that I meet and they make, like, two, 300000 but they're self-employed, their spouse who makes 65000 is much more desirable to the lender because they've been at the same job for five, six years. It's a paycheck every two weeks. And their whole thing is, well, like, yeah, you made two, three hundred thousand, but next year you can make zero because you're self-employed. We don't know. Yeah. So lenders, like, they always That's give the self-employment guys. Two-year average is an important component of the self-employment. Yeah. Right? And that it's in an increasing, not a decreasing, because then it's not a two-year average. So yeah, there's lots of yeah. lots of things that that go into analyzing that. Uh, is thirty-five percent the number to kind of alleviate any concerns? Uh, still no, because what the government and OSFI and all that part, so that's the non-conforming. So mm-hmm. you still have to go within certain kind of GDS to certainly it that's the sort of magic number to remove a modest yeah. scrutiny. But so I'm asking because down. that was my my experience. Like having a job, buying my first place, no questions asked, no problem, five percent down. I was really young. Then I was self employed, I got into real estate. Then I wanted to buy another place. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's when they're like, is if you give me 36 percent, no questions asked. So that's why I'm asking about that 35%. So so that has changed. I was in the business in the, back in the 2006, 2007, mortgage Mm -hmm. meltdown. Literally, you could write on a napkin, I make, I, Paul Trapto, make $125,000 a year. 
Here's my here's my income verification. Hey, thank you. Because <laughs> there was there You're was US, yeah there was U.S. lenders who were coming out doing forty year amortization at one hundred twenty five percent loan to value. Oh, crazy! And that was not sustainable. Yeah. Any of you guys familiar with the term ninja loans? No. So two thousand eight down in down in the states, ninja loans. No income, no asset, no job, but here's your mortgage. Uh, and we went down there because ninja loan. Right back to the part where saying about speculation, yeah. right? So down there, because yeah. they have different mortgage rules, they have what's called a balloon payment. Yeah. So people were buying a house, had no, no right buying it because yeah. they could not sustain it, but they were basing it on prices going up, increasing yeah, part yeah, of yeah. it. They didn't have to make a payment for eight months. So that house is going to climb up in, in value. I sell it in eight months. I haven't had to make a mortgage payment. Boom, money in my pocket. But that uh, collapsed and people weren't able to do that. So a lot of houses went in foreclosure. Biggest difference between Canada and the U.S., the foreclosure in the States doesn't follow you from state to state. Whereas in Canada, if you default wow, so, so I can get foreclosed in Colorado and go. Yeah, there is part of it. So it's changed a little bit, but in Canada, if you foreclose in Nova Scotia, that covers you coming into Alberta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Which it should. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. And, right. uh, so I can have lenders that will fund people a day after discharge from bankruptcy. But if there's a foreclosure on your thing, lenders are literally that's. You're not going to get a mortgage. Because well, like this, once this ninja loan thing is yeah. kind of the same yeah. time where yeah. all those assumable mortgages were yes. happening here, which yeah. they had to shut down, and they did shut down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in the 80s, yeah. they referred to it as Jingle Man. Yeah, and C- CMHE would come in in the morning and Jingle all the, Mail. All the keys were in the mailbox because people were just dropping the keys off. Yeah. The mail- See, I'm even older. I'm even older than you. They're walking away from their houses to know the Jingle Man. Crazy. Um, yeah, financing is interesting. It changes every day, which is what I love about it. That it's never, never the same day as. And no deal is ever the same, right? There's always yeah, something yeah. different, which is that's what I like about real estate too. It's yeah. you know, no deal is the same. There's always something you can learn, uh, and even no, more so in commercial. Like commercial, you never do a deal that's the exact same. Well, I'm learning so much just uh, just in two weeks doing it with you. Like I, I've done a handful of my own, but I never ever had help, right? So I learned kind Happy of the hard way. Happy to team up. Now I got, now I got some deal with me. So yeah, commercial financing is a different It's com- completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you want to do you want to touch on any any projects or you want to leave? Uh, no, 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 no. This was uh, no, this was amazing. Thanks for having uh, having me out. And uh, I guess I'll just leave everyone with this that uh, you know it's very important that you always hire uh, you know your own representation when looking for a realtor. As a buyer, um, you know you're actually doing yourself a disservice by not having a realtor because it doesn't cost you anything. Um, you know that uh, fee that you would pay gets paid out from doing the deal from from the seller. Um, so, you know, you approaching um, the selling agent directly or just, um, you know, going in without representation is like, um, I don't know, changing your clothes in front of like an open window almost, right? As you're, you're letting the, the world look at everything, right? So, um, you know, it, you know yeah. for anyone that's listening, if you're, you know, looking to be in the market, uh, you know, whether you're selling or buying, uh, but, you know, make sure you always have a reputable uh, a realtor. We have over 300 of them over at Urban. Um, a great, great guy right here and also Sebastian. So, um, 
yeah, I would just leave it at that, that, you know, you, you know, you don't do yourself a disservice by not having representation, right? Um, always have a realtor. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of them out in Calgary. Um, everyone's always licensed and it's good to uh, at least get a second opinion on something uh, and not go in something blindsided. Cause you know, some of these, uh, uh, decisions can haunt you for for your rest of your life. I mean, you know, yeah. buying a house is not a it's not like buying a you know a piece of gun, uh, you a know, car. a car even, right? Yeah. You know, these things. It's probably one of the most expensive purchases that a lot of us will make in our lifetime. Um, and if it's not done correctly, uh, you know, it can actually put you back. Uh, you know, uh, you know, five ten years rather than helping you get ahead. Um, so there's a lot of freedom that comes with doing playing the real estate game right. So I'll just leave it at that. Touching on that real quick, it's like when clients assume they're getting a better deal and you go unrepresented and you go direct to the to the seller, you still have to get your own lawyer. So it's the same situation. You're not going to go, well, I'll just use the lawyer that the seller is using. Yeah. I'm going to come to you direct and give all my money away to the seller. And like you, you obviously will go get your own lawyer to represent mm. you and only you and only your best interest. So it's this, in the same regard. You want someone representing you and only you and protecting you for that transaction. Yeah. So. And the seller's realtor doesn't owe you anything, right? Like they, they'll be super nice because they want to get the deal done, but they actually owe you no service because they're representing not, the seller. Yeah. They're representing the seller. They're not your client. Like you're not their client, right? So like they're... They see uh, dollar signs they, if you show yeah, up to Their them. duty to you is only to get the deal done, right? So, um, you know, it's always good to have your own representation. Anything from you gentlemen before we wrap it up? Uh, no, just, yeah, be very aware of what, uh, what you're going to improve for. And it's always not about the rate. You got to know the prepayment parts of it, really understand what it is. And people think financing is, is complicated, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Staff's ask the right questions or obviously get somebody who's going to give you that education piece. And that's what I try to do is make sure they fully understand what they're getting into. Cause as you said, mm -hmm biggest financial decision in their life. Yeah. And and reach out, reach out to Paul and ask those questions because yeah. um, I've had clients that just run the math and say, well, my mortgage is going to be 1700 a month. I can afford that. So what about property taxes? What about insurance? insurance. What condo, about your utilities? Condo fees. When we're yeah. lending, we take half the condo fees. So exactly. if you've got $1,700 in condo fees, you have to pay it. But yeah. we're on the lending side, we're only using 800. So there you go. use your own stress test. So, so one more time, how sure can everyone reach out to you? Yeah, certainly, uh, maybe social media presence later, but for now, we're going to get them on it. <laughs> <laughs> Call or text 403 701 7878. And Sunil, how can everyone um, reach out and follow uh, you? And you, know, um, you can follow me um, on Instagram, all social, Sunil Mall. Uh, I think my Instagram handle is Mr. Real Estate 91. It but is. if you just type it in my is. name, yeah, I just type in my name, Sunil Mall, I'm, I, I come up. Um, uh, phone number 403. Eight two six three eight four six. I'm always available uh, and happy to chat. Uh, you know, for whatever it is. So amazing. Thanks again, and we'll, we'll tag you in, in everything yeah, in the please. clips. That'd be great. Um, which is why we need to get Paul on. I'd like do, to tag I, Paul I on do, the social media. Yeah, Instagram part, but it's very uh, not many, not much. Work in progress. It's uh, Paul underscore Trapco. Yeah, there you go. There, How do you spell it? P A U L underscore. Yeah, T R A P T O W. Okay, there As it is. It sounds, but it gets a lot of variations. There it is. Excellent. Well, Sebastian, right. anything? Uh, no, I just want to thank both of you guys for coming on today. I uh, really appreciate it. It's been, a, it's been great meeting you. I've heard a lot about you. And uh, <laughs> and you were surprised rather than tell me we we're going to have two guests today. So I like but, the surprise, yeah? yeah I like the surprise. <laughs> I got to change the setup. Yeah. But no, it's been, a, it's been a great podcast. And uh, 
So you weren't at the networking event. That's where I met Paul. Oh, nice. he comes to those. He's one of the investors as well as an agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He does random and flips and gets uh, them from from an networking event. We need to talk about. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. We do. We do. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank both of you for coming on and hope we get a part two and part three in the for near sure. future. Absolutely. We're around. But uh, yeah, have a great uh, have a great rest of your week, guys. Perfect. Right. See you everyone. next week, everybody. See ya.